0: Where in hell can you go Far from the things that you know Far from the sprawl of concrete That keeps crawling its way Keep your
1: heart off your sleeve Guppy
0: Productions present From Colchester to Sulawesi Written for Colm Radio by Phil Boast and Paula Larcher. Episode 22. Family Matters.
1: One thing which has become clear to us is that the married people in the village tend on the whole to have small families, usually just two children, which are most often several years apart in age, and they marry young. Young people come of age here at 17, above which they may vote, drive a car or ride a motorcycle, join the army and do just about everything that anyone is allowed to do. And this is also the age of consent. The churches promise the usual hell and damnation if they have sex before they marry, and so of course they don't. Except, of course, they do, and marriages between two young people are often announced rather suddenly and hurried along a bit to avoid embarrassment, and this is how married life so often begins for them, with all of the responsibilities of parenthood before the couple have really got to know one another in anything other than a biblical sense fuel is added to this particular and so important fire by the fact that no form of safe and reliable contraception is available anywhere until one is married so the stable door may then be shut and the second child may be planned a few years hence and by then the horse may be said to have already bolted and young hormones of course are no respecters of age and don't read calendars very well And if it should happen that the girl becomes pregnant before her 17th birthday then the boy is in serious trouble and will if the girl's parents so wish be sent to prison to contemplate his sins at leisure and an indonesian prison is not somewhere where one would wish to spend any time this situation can be avoided if the girl's parents agree to marriage and are prepared to quietly alter the date on her birth certificate before it is presented to the vicar, as quite often happens, but then this by now compound fallacy will forever hang like the sword of Damocles over the boy who had better behave himself if he does not want the truth to out. In any case, however and whenever they are conceived, and whether they are born out of sin or not, Children then come under the excellent care of the Indonesian health authorities, and until they are five years old, they are checked, weighed, and inoculated, as need be, every month at the village mother and baby clinic. And this is the only part of the Indonesian health care system which is free at the point of treatment. Sampai bawa baking ga dia tah kagak lihat orang pe dari kepala sampai kaki oh Tuhan be baking kita horny baking kita crazy tambah napa tambah satu kacili so mulai berdiri ha hehehe ho 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 cewek mana do memang numero uno Nyanak bang malo biar pakai cadek kocalan ade kodo dapat lihat itu sogo
0: Sebastian is a beautiful child, and in common with all Indonesian babies, which are all beautiful really, he was born with a full head of luscious black hair. And in any case, Phil and I concur that we will of course take our role as godparents seriously. Whilst we are here, Alison and I volunteer to accompany Melda and Sebastian to the monthly Mummy and Baby Clinic. Alison finds the unusual sight of me carrying a baby rather amusing, which it probably is, but actually I'm okay with babies as long as I can give them back. No doubt the photograph which Alison took will do the rounds amongst my ex-colleagues. The clinic is all well and good, but it's carried out in someone's front garden, which is less than ideal in terms of hygiene and so on, and this leads me to think about the whole business of childbirth and healthcare in general in the village. There's no qualified midwife present at birth. And the older village women, who have some experience of delivering babies, do the best they can. But if anything goes wrong, then it can go very wrong. And infant mortality rates are, I'm sure, higher than they need be. We have a primary school in the village, which, if the parents can afford the fees, the children attend from 5 or 6 until they are 11 or 12 years of age, after which they may attend the upper school which is too far away for them to walk. What the older children do, therefore, is to walk to the next village of Tonkana, which takes half an hour or so. And there, they try to pick up a blue minibus. This is an unreliable service. And they are often late and are therefore excluded from school for the day and get a black mark against their name. Or they get soaking wet on their way to Tonkana if it's raining. Schooling isn't free nor is there any obligation on the parents to send their children to school and a lot of kids therefore don't go and most it seems don't get further with their education than first school after which it gets much more expensive and beyond the means of most of the village families at the moment there are 25 children at the primary school divided into six-year groups with three teachers including a headmaster mr rudin who's a nice guy and he does his best But his school badly lacks facilities. There often, for example, being only one textbook to serve the whole class. And the school itself is in a terrible state and appears to be about to fall into the sea. All of this gets Phil and I talking and the idea forms between us that once we're here full-time we're gonna do whatever we can to improve the situation for the village in an ideal world there would be a proper clinic here with a full-time nurse and midwife on site since quite apart from childbirth there is no easy way to transport sick or injured people to hospital and no ambulance service to speak of so far from town our Jeep is the only four-wheeled vehicle in the village And even in our short time here, it's been used to get people to a place of urgently needed medical care. It also becomes our avowed intent that every child will have the chance of an education through primary and upper schools, so that they at least attain the all-important school certificate, which is an all-or-nothing thing. You either have one or you don't. And this has a huge impact on what happens thereafter in terms of employment and so on. Nobody in the village has so far ever gone on to further education, and there is so much wasted potential here that we agree that we will, if we can, put this to rights. We don't yet know how we'll do this, but if we do eventually manage to get our business up and running, there could be a lot of relatively well-to-do people coming to the lodge, so maybe some kind of a sponsorship scheme could be initiated, and perhaps we could even somehow raise enough money to buy a village minibus, and perhaps even build a small clinic. For now, these are just thoughts and ideas. And we don't even live here yet. But a seed has been sown. And who knows what it, one day, might grow into.
1: This is the month of June, and if we intend to move here permanently by mid-August, there will be about eight weeks between our next departure and our final arrival, and we should use this time as best we can. The furniture-making is in process, and so, looking beyond the demolition and removal of the Pentecostal Church, which will solve our access problems, the one big thing which we can try to achieve is the building of the swimming pool, which would, I'm sure, in any case, please a certain person. The last thing which Mr. Yan did for us before we parted company was to provide us with the telephone number of his friend, Mr. Leus, who is the maker of fine swimming pools. So we meet him. He shows us a portfolio of pools that he has built, which is impressive, given the presumed lack of demand around here for such decadent luxuries, although our excuse is that it's for our guests, with no element of self-interest entering the equation, a commercial necessity, one might say. We draw a simple, curvaceous shape, specify minimum and maximum dimensions and depth, and agree a price, which is a first for us since starting this. We then point out about where it's going to go, which is somewhere under where the soon to be removed Pentecostal church stands. So we'll be digging into holy ground, and in time, filling it with unholy water. Our only condition is that wherever possible he should use village labour for the construction which, in the absence of any excavating machines, will include digging the hole by hand, and he readily agrees to this, so we shake on the deal, and aside from the usual money transfers, the rest will happen without us, and we should have a pool by the time we get back. Oni tries to intervene by offering an alternative pool maker, who we think is brother-in-law to Mr. Leus. He offers a better price, but he has no credible credentials or portfolio. So we stay with Mr. Lewis, and Oni is not pleased about missing out on his 10%. But by now, Oni is less than pleased with us anyway. So there's nothing lost, really. Motherland.
0: Stay beside me, don't go. Don't you go? Find out what further adventures are in store for Phil and Paula as they travel from Colchester to Sulawesi in the next episode of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Bill's Big Bag of Onions is a Guppy production for Coln Radio. And is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience.